You're listening to Kitchen Table Finance. Join Dave Shotwell and Nick Nauta as they cut through the complexity of financial planning and serve bites of investment advice that are both personal and practical. Hey, Nick, how are you doing today? Doing great, Dave. How are you? I'm doing fine. So uh, a little bit of a uh, fun, hot topic discussion today. I'm going to talk about inflation. Yeah, should be a good one. We haven't uh, had to talk about inflation for what seems like a long time because we really haven't seen a whole lot. We didn't have to talk about it for a long time until all of a sudden we had to talk about it all the time. Right. (laughs) Because I think I think every client meeting that I had last week, this topic came up and it wasn't me bringing it up. It was clients bringing it up. And uh, so as uh, you and I have been trained to think lately, hey, if everybody's asking for it, it must be a good podcast topic, right? That's right. Yeah, definitely something that um, is on clients' minds, on a lot of people's minds. So um, excited about uh, getting through and talking <laughs> about some of the details and how it might affect uh, client portfolios. Yeah, as, 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 much, uh, as much as you can get excited about talking about things like inflation. Yeah, right. So showing my true nerd colors, right? Getting excited about right. inflation. <laughs> Not inflation itself, getting excited about talking about yeah, inflation. There There's go. a difference. There's a difference. <laughs> so it, it's, you know, it's been dominating all the financial headlines over the last few weeks. And, uh, you know, anecdotally, we've all seen prices increase on certain things lately. You know, it used to be gas was the big, uh, everybody's big inflation analyzer of, you know, because gas prices, you can see every day as you're driving up and down the road and every time you fill up, you know, you can see what's happening with gas prices. Um, But normal inflation isn't as easy to see. It's kind of a... a hidden silent killer, if you right. will, um, although we are seeing a lot more of it now. And, you know, certainly some of the supply chain issues and things like that are are yeah. wreaking havoc on our thoughts about what we see in inflation and what we're able to get in the different yeah. prices. And, you know, we've seen quite an increase, a steady increase, I feel like, in a lot of different places. And so people are definitely noticing it more right now right. outside of just the price of gas, which is everybody's favorite thing to talk about. <laughs> Right, right. And so, you know, there's really three different aspects of inflation and they're all kind of, we're we're kind of seeing all three of these right now, but only one of them I think is really important to portfolios. And we'll talk about that one last. So the the first thing that we're seeing is what economists call the base effect. And that's when you see a fast increase in prices, inflation, but it's it's caused by the fact that prices dropped so fast last year in certain right. on certain items. So like oil being being the best example, oil dropped rapidly at the beginning of the pandemic as demand went from normal to zero like overnight. And so now we expect to see a big bounce back, kind of like dropping a super ball on the floor, right? When you drop it from a higher height, it's going to bounce further up. So, or, you know, it's going to bounce faster, more velocity back to to where it was. So that kind of inflation isn't really inflation in like the, uh, the type that we need to worry about. It's, it's kind of a normal recovery kind of inflation. Kind of a sort of a, as the world gets back to normal, as things open up, prices are going to get back to normal because we assume that right. demand is going to come back into a more normal area. And obviously things like oil and gas and some of those commodities, we're seeing a lot of that in. So then the, the second major aspect of inflation is 
when we have supply chain shocks and supply and demand imbalances. And we've seen that in spades over the last 12 months because of, you know, a couple different things to think about there is, you know, factories and mines and mills were all operating at, at reduced capacity last year as, you know, staff had to be shuffled around and they, you know, in-person work wasn't a thing all of a sudden. And then at the same time, we had changes in demand based on people suddenly working from home and needing different computer equipment. We saw fast changes in, in how people consume things. And that caused inflation in certain sectors. From, uh, you know, almost the opposite side of what's happening with demand of what's happening with supply. So things that were, you know, for a great example is what's going on in the car auto industry, where mm-hmm. you've got all these cars that weren't, you know, everybody pulled back. GM Ford pulled back on building cars last year because they were worried about the shutdown. And obviously they couldn't mm-hmm. get the factories and the workers in there either. And so a lot of the parts suppliers went on and started making things for other things that were doing well. And then, you know, you have this kind of lost supply side and increasing demand. It's kind of a double whammy from that standpoint. So you're seeing that a lot in different industries and in, in kind of what's happening and in, in the price of certain things. And, you know, we've seen lumber go through the roof lately. And I, again, you know, mills being shut down. And and I think part of that's the effect of everybody sitting and staring at the four walls of their house over the last 12 months, thinking of all the things they'd like to fix too. You know, you get these things together and they kind of distort prices. Yeah, absolutely. You know, lumber is another interesting one with, you know, obviously the people wanting to do more and the housing market booming and building more houses. And then, the supply being all messed up with the pandemic. And now we have, we actually have a lot of um, lumber. We have a lot of wood, just not the sawmills and the refineries to put them into lumber that you can use. And so that's kind of part of the reason why supply or prices are crazy right now. And you can't just build a new lumber mill overnight because there's more demand, right. you know? Yeah. And, you know, so they, they, I heard this morning on the radio, they were talking about the, uh, the uh, computer chip issues. And, you know, they're talking about it taking a year or more to get factories online and get things back to normal there. And and that's going to take a little bit. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, there's so much demand now and supply is so far behind. It takes a while to just meet the current demand, let alone stockpile for future demand. So it's right. definitely going to take some time to get things back to normal in some of those areas. Right. But on the other hand, at the same time, while those are a type of inflation, they're really not the kind of inflation we have to worry about in the long term because those things even out. Right, exactly. Not that systematic inflation that, you know, um, it's just kind of a depend, you know, there's some interesting things going on. It's fun to talk about, but it's not necessarily something that we worry about as an overall inflation concern of Sticking with lumber for a second, you know, if lumber prices stay high, people like you and me, more people like you and me are going to say, well, I guess I just won't build that garage this year or, you know, I'm going to put that project off. And that reduces demand, which which will bring the price down. Then the other thing that happens is then mills are going to say, well, look at the price of lumber. Let's run an extra shift for the next 
you know, six weeks and uh, put more out there at these higher prices. And that increases supply, which brings the price down eventually. So, so supply shocks and demand imbalances don't really create the kind of inflation that we need to uh, like change portfolios around. Sometimes there's some tactical things you can do where maybe you might, uh, you know, we might see a portfolio manager increase um, exposure to uh, the oil sector because of imbalances there. But it's not the kind of thing where you rearrange entire uh, entire allocations. Yeah, eventually the market's very efficient. And so, you know, those things that you talked about are going to happen or they're going to come up with alternative solutions to lumber. And, you know, we're going to get more, I'm not a lumber guy, Dave, so I don't know what an alternative solution <laughs> is. Composite, I guess, or... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I know yeah. in our backyard, we're not going to build framing. a deck. We're going to yeah. put, we're going to, instead of building a deck, we're going to put some tile, some outdoor tile down. So whatever that means. Anecdotally along those lines though, you know, I, I do play around a little bit with, with wood and right now, like pine, what's usually like cheap pine construction lumber is really expensive while hardwood, like nice stuff to make furniture and do projects with hasn't increased that much. Mm. Interesting. It, which is interesting that yeah. like the trade-off it used to be, you know, a big differential. And now you can go buy an oak board at, uh, you know, the lumber yard for, for not less than, but, you know, relatively less than what you can buy, you know, construction stuff, OSB and junk yeah. to, to build structures with. The, uh, the third type of inflation is a little more important and that's monetary inflation. Mm -hmm. And that's when we're talking about broad price increases based on monetary changes and fiscal stimulus in the economy. Yeah, that's one of those that, you know, we've been watching closely. Obviously, we've had a lot of fiscal stimulus and what looks to potentially be more on the horizon. And so the concern mm -hmm. with that is always if there's so much money in the system, if there's so much liquidity, then eventually all prices will go up as a result of where things stand, not because there's a supply issue. And, you know, it's it's a little bit different, that type of inflation, because it's it's more theoretical. It's hard to see. Unlike supply shocks, you know, if an oil pipeline gets shut down, we expect to see the price of gas to go up at the pump in a couple of weeks. Right. You know, it's caused by too many people spending too much money too quickly, and it drives the price up as, as output struggles to keep up. And the big problem is that if it's not, if the government doesn't deal with that type of inflation, it can lead to recessions because it's sharp, you know, a sharp rise in increases means consumers can't afford goods. They stop buying and then you see things swing the other way as factories have to shut down and cut staff. So um, on the other hand, you know, economists don't worry about inflation as much as they once did. There have been some structural changes to the economy that have made it not as big an issue, mostly around um, technology. And productivity. And we've actually seen it, you know, much lower than normal. Yeah, it seems like it's been been low for, for a long time for a lot of those reasons that you spoke about. And so from a systematic uh, monetary inflation standpoint, we really haven't worried about it. But, you know, it's definitely concerning now. And I think a lot of people are concerned by it from the standpoint of, interest rates are so low that, you know, mm -hmm. it was hard to beat inflation when it was at near zero. And so if inflation goes up and interest rates are where they are at, or if you have some fixed holdings, that's going to cause problems potentially. Part of the discussion around inflation 
has to do with the Federal Reserve's plan to let inflation run a little higher than they have in the past as the economy recovers. You know, they, they traditionally over at least the last decade or so, they've had a target for inflation of around 2% that they were going to try to hold inflation at. And now they're talking about an average inflation in that range. So if you're talking about an average and it's been 2% or lower, that kind of indicates to the markets that they're going to let let inflation be above that for a while to get get the average back where they want it. You know, there's that concern. And really, you know, what are we talking about? We're talking, you know, rising prices. But when it comes to your portfolio, what that means is any safe assets, cash type assets that don't, where you don't have to worry about price movements, you're just dealing with interest rates and they're not going to make enough to to keep pace with inflation. So you're losing money all the time on funds that you kind of think of as safe. And then when we talk about the bond portion of portfolios, bonds are called fixed income because an individual bond pays a fixed interest rate over its life. And if inflation is rising faster than previous expectations, you'll see the value of that bond go down because those interest payments aren't worth as much in the future as they would have been otherwise. So those two parts of your portfolio underperform in an inflation environment. The uh, the stock portion of portfolios is, is really where you want to focus. And, you know, in the short run, inflation news can be bad for stocks because we when we value stocks, part of the part of how you evaluate a company's earnings in the future has to do with current interest rates, the discount rate. So a higher inflation expectation just means that companies' earnings are worth less down the road than we had previously thought they would be. So if you're a trader, that can be that can be a bad thing where we'd see portfolio volatility in the short run. In the long run, though, what's the only thing that outperforms inflation? Stocks. You got it. So, you know, um, and if you think about it, it makes sense. You know, if stock prices are based on growth in the economy and inflation is because more consumers are chasing goods and driving prices up, ultimately they should, you know, rise together over the long term. Yeah. And I think, you know, those are great points. And I think what people have to remember, and we kind of say this all the time, but it's it's about diversification, right? Which, you know, sounds boring. Oh, you know, we cover that a lot. But, you know, being diversified and understanding what your risk level is, what you don't want to do is, okay, we know inflation's coming, so we're going to put everything into the stock market because that's right, right. not the right just, answer. <laughs> yeah. Like, the yeah. way the way I would put it is, if you, if you're worried about inflation, have as much in the stock market as makes sense for your you know risk appetite. Right. Because don't that, don't underweight stocks, but but don't don't take more risk than you can stomach. Yeah, but and then that so that perfectly goes into the diversification point of you know the point of having stocks is to help with inflation and help with growth. And, you know, if you're sitting in a spot where you are conservative right now and you want to put everything into something fixed or guaranteed, uh, you know, there's some serious things that you got to think about of how that's going to play out over the next couple of years if we get inflation and with interest rates as low as they are. And so those are those tough conversations with we're having with that we're having with people about making sure that they have the right diversification, the right mix 
of risk because that's really what's going to help you get through an inflationary environment. But you know, you don't want to you don't want to go too far one way or the other way. You have to find the right plan for you and your situation that you're comfortable with. But you know, stocks are probably a, a good thing to deal with some of that inflation is to have some risk in your portfolio. Within that risky part of your portfolio, you know, there are things you can use that are you know good good investments during inflationary periods, like some commodity exposure, um, you know, buying real assets, whether it's precious metals or, you know, oil stocks, those kind of things that are sensitive to a rising price situation makes sense. Um, We've seen a few of our portfolio managers in the last uh, six weeks or so start tilting portfolios more towards um, inflation inflation insulated. I don't know if that's the right word. You know, investments that that fare better in those kinds of environments, rising rates and uh, rising inflation. Sure. And, uh, and the flip side of that is um, on the fixed income on the bond side, there's things you can do as well. So um, mm-hmm. the shorter the ter- shorter term you have, the less inflationary risk that you have. Um, and there's mm-hmm. also certain bonds that actually readjust based on what inflation is so that you're kind of protected in that standpoint. Yes. So there's things that there's things that can be done in a lot of our portfolios. We're already implementing some of those. But, you know, the, the main thing back to the diversification question is, you know, inflation is just one of the risks that's out there. Right. And, you know, the the uh, contrarian cynic in me says that with as much as everybody's talking about inflation right now, it'll probably be a non-event yeah. <laughs> for the for the markets, you know, because we, we always, you know, if you we go back to our investment philosophy uh, podcast a month or two ago, um, you know, our, our stance is generally that what we know is already built into stock prices. So if we if we're expecting higher inflation, we being the market participants in general, you know, if that's kind of what everybody's expecting, then the stock prices pretty much reflect what we know. And unless there's shocks that we haven't expected, then 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 it's probably already part of the equation. Yeah, absolutely. And I and I think, you know, there's some things that you can do to potentially mitigate some of that inflation risk in your portfolio, but it's not something where you need to go out and make wholesale changes and right. you know, go from one extreme to the other. It's just be aware right. of it and maybe do some minor tweaks to your portfolio to account for some right. of that, but you're certainly not going to complete 180 your strategy of investments yeah. because there might be inflation on the horizon. Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. And, uh, you know, just always recognize that making an adjustment to mitigate one risk usually means taking on a different risk somewhere else. Yeah, unfortunately, there's no such thing as a risk-free <laughs> investment. So, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, you're going to take yeah. risks somewhere, well, but being aware of it and, and planning for it <laughs> is way better than sticking your head in the sand and hoping for the best. <laughs> well, you know, the the very definition of investments that they teach us way back at the beginning of uh, our curriculums and these things is that the definition of an investment is taking taking risk in the present with the hope of a longer term, uh, longer re- uh, better return in the future. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, There's no way around it. Even if you bury, you know, if you bury it under the mattress, you still got, you know, well, uh, inflation risk, you know, among other things. But. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. No, the mayonnaise no jar in the backyard does not uh, does not <laughs> yeah. protect you from inflation. Does not, <laughs> so, so you just take on the risk of forgetting where you buried the jar. So, all right. I guess uh, you know we'll just this is this is not something that ever a uh, a fun topic but uh 
you know, we'll just continue to monitor it and see where it leads. Yeah, definitely uh, be sure to check out the website in the show notes. We'll uh, post some charts up in the show notes to kind of show you what we're talking about and, and what's been happening as of recently. So be sure to check that out. And if you have any questions about your portfolio and how it might respond to inflation, feel free to reach out and uh, shoot us a note at info at srbadvisors.com. Yep. Thanks, Nick. Good stuff as always, Dave. Been a pleasure. Have a great day. Gather around and follow the Kitchen Table Finance Podcast to learn about money and simple ways you can invest right now. You can find more practical advice at srbadvisors.com and contact the team for personal planning by emailing info at srbadvisors.com.